Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 2, episode 10, Night Hunger. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry P. Williams, written by Jim Henshaw, directed by Martin Lavoot. Original air date, January 9th, 1989. And we're back with Season 2, Episode 10, Night Hunger. And Doug is back, filling in for Kim this week. So looking at the title Night Hunger, I was guessing either vampires or werewolves. And since we already had a vampire, a vampire, I was going with werewolves on this one. Fair enough, that makes sense, I guess. So we begin with a flashback or a memory of a kid, Mikey. And I really hated calling him Mikey throughout this whole thing because all I could think of was life cereal. First thing, let's get Mikey. He didn't say anything. And even when he grew up later on, and you know, we're seeing flashbacks as a kid, but even when he grew up later, they were still calling him Mikey. So Mikey's striking out at a baseball game with his clearly abusive father on the sidelines. So we really don't have to see too much of this relationship to know what it was like. And actually, when you think about it, we really don't see that much of it. The only thing that seems to bother him is this baseball game. Like, there's no flashbacks of the rest of his life. There's two other flashbacks that don't have to do with baseball, and that's pretty much it. He goes from 8 years old to 21, yeah, basically. Right, but the things that he thinks of, you know, if he had this awful childhood, which I believe he did have an awful childhood. We only saw this one baseball game and his father being not very nice. And then we saw one scene of his father yelling at his mother, and then we see the scene where he gives him the key. So they just kept playing the same flashbacks every time about this baseball game, like that was the only event in his life. Well, you get the point. This is a child. He has an abusive father. I don't know how much time they have to spend to tell you that. So you get that pretty much right away. And that might be the most dramatic time he remembers of all of the times. That was the one that sticks out. Yeah, I guess. The pitcher, who we see later, is also a factor in the life later. So one has to do with the other. Right. So I don't know if there's much more information they have to give you in this uh, 45-minute time frame. Right. I just thought they could have come up with other clips that were not seeing the same clip over and over again. I think they did their job because it was clear the father is abusive. I don't know how much more information we need than that. Although they could have showed more, but I think we got the picture and uh, pretty good understanding. And maybe they could have shown a different flashback or two. But as we go into the story more, it's about the picture and this one time at bat. This one abusive time that he remembers in Little League, that picture came back into his life. So that's the one thing that's really been burning him for a long time is the father and the picture. But as we'll learn as we go on, it wasn't the pitcher. The pitcher didn't have any problem with this kid. It was the father holding this kid up to the pitcher. Right. This image is in his mind. This pitcher was on the mound, and Harry is in my life again, and now I can picture my father behind me. Right, right. So now in the present, we see someone on a motorcycle who I thought was going to be the grown-up Mikey until a black car shows up and chases him until he finally kills him. And we were talking about this while we were watching it. All this motorcycle had to do was drive off the road and into the woods. Right. So the car won't follow him. Drive into the woods. The car can't go in the woods. I don't know. It's television logic. You're supposed to let your mind go to mush. Whoever's in the black car, I was guessing was Mikey at that point, rubs the key in the blood on the rider's face. 
and leaves. Later, we find Mikey and Deacon, the pitcher from the baseball memory, discussing terms of a drag race. It's pretty clear that Mikey wants to race Deacon. Maybe he was made to feel he had something to prove from striking out on the baseball field, but he learns that he has to compete against Deacon's lower people first before he gets to race Deacon. And in this race, the winner takes the loser's car. So it kind of looks like the car they were leaning on was the car we saw earlier, and we do finally know it is once... Mickey gets in and removes the key from around his neck. So he also has flashbacks of his father telling his mother how Deacon beat her kid. Deacon beat your son again. That kid beat your boy. He's a loser. I don't know why he's yelling at the mother. Because he's an abusive person. It's not nice. No, no, it's not nice at all. No. <laughs> no, but he's yelling at the mother that this kid beat your kid in baseball. Well, he's the one who's at the baseball game. Why is it her problem? So he has flashback, like I said, of his father telling his mother how Deacon beat her kid. And then he has more flashbacks as he's driving. And the more flashbacks he has, the faster he seems to be able to drive, is the way I'm looking at it. So he wins the race, but the other guy won't give him his keys. And they accuse him of cheating, but he ducks the guy and takes the keys and leaves. And Deacon doesn't seem happy about any of this. So over at the store, Mickey, Ryan, and Jack are having their annual clearance sale. Mikey's father... Dominic comes into the store and they all seem to know him. So apparently we find out later he has a hardware store next door to the store. He's there to buy something for his son's birthday. He says they don't get along, but he thinks that now that he's a man, things can change. And Jack wonders why he's shopping at the store if Mikey is only interested in cars, but Dominic says he used to go there a lot when Uncle Louis owned the store, which draws the attention of all three of them. So they check the manifest because anytime they hear about anybody hanging around the store, they figure they have an antique or something. They don't find his name in the manifest, but that doesn't rule out the fact that that Lewis could have given Mikey a gift of some sort. Mickey and Ryan go off to find Mikey and Jack stays to do more research. So Mikey comes back to find Deacon and ask him when he'll race him. Mikey insists that he's not going to race underlings anymore to get to Deacon. So they agree to meet on the quarry road at 2 a.m., and I'm thinking he's going to race Deacon. As Mikey's leaving, Mickey and Ryan show up. They make up some story about Lewis's mess of an inventory and ask if he ever bought anything from Lewis. He says he never got anything from Lewis, and he gives them the impression that he spent so much time with Lewis just so he didn't have to go home. So meanwhile, the guy who lost his car to Mikey in the first place was asked by the police if he knew anyone with a black car with damage on the front which, of course, would be Mikey. And he tries to blackmail Mikey into giving him his car back. And Mikey says that he should just come and get it. So then Mikey's father shows up at the garage to give him the gift. We never ever see what that gift is. And he says he hasn't seen him since his mother's funeral. And as it turns out, his father was the one who gave him the key. It's kind of another way to knock Mikey down. No car, just the key. All you ever showed me was how worthless I was. I don't need your love, Pop. All I need is for you to see how wrong you were. And then I could care less what happens to you. You have no right to talk to me like this. And listen, you take whatever it is you brought me and get out of here, okay? When I want something from you, I'll come and get it. And Mikey wears it around his neck as a reminder of how horrible his father was to him. Well, he wears it around his neck for other reasons, obviously, now. But that's the reason he's wearing it around his neck. Because his father, somewhere along the way, we hear his father tells him that he's not a man until he wins a race. Yeah, something along those lines and whatever words. Michael, please. Hey, I still have the only present you ever gave me. Remember this? You thought it was funny, didn't you? Why would I give a car to you? Dick, 
Deacon's got a car. Maybe Deacon deserved a car. Deacon is a winner like I was. He's not like you. Let me tell you something, Bob. I'm going to show you. I'm going to be what you always wanted me to be. So the other driver shows up in the middle of this argument, and Mikey gives him his key. But when he goes out back to get it, the black car with Mikey driving shows up and smashes him against the fence. And Mikey puts the key in his blood again. So at the store, Mickey, Jack, and Ryan are going through boxes of old receipts. Mickey suspects that Mikey is lying about not getting anything from Lewis. I'm going to say I'm getting confused with Mickey and Mikey, so if I'm saying the wrong name and I miss it, just know who I meant. Jack finds a news report about the dead motorcyclist and the black car wanted in a few more murders. So Ryan goes to the race Mikey invited him to to see what else he could find out while Mickey stays with Jack to go through receipts. So Ryan gets to the race early and he gets a little backstory about Dominic from Deacon. Dominic was a racer, but he never let Mikey buy a car because he thought Mikey didn't deserve one. It was like a sign of manhood to Dominic. But Mikey did get his own car right after his mother died. Mikey shows up to the race, and he ends up racing the underling. What was his name? I don't remember hearing anybody's name. Chen. So he's going to race Chang, but he says he's not going to race underlings, but he ends up racing the underling. Chang? He, he raced the one guy. Right. Beat him, and then he was supposed to race Deacon, but for some reason was racing Chang. Right, right. So the car pulls up. Right, and he insisted that he wasn't going to race his people. He was going to race him, and they agreed to meet, and then this other guy shows up. And there wasn't really an explanation for that. The other car just shows up and revs his engine. Right, and he didn't look shocked about it either. But they say he's driving Dead Boy's car, and so I was confused because I didn't know that was the other guy's name. Was that what they called him? They called him Dead Boy from the beginning. I I never heard, see, I never heard names. I never heard names of either one of these people. It's Dead Boy and Chang. Okay, so I, think, and somebody I was else. confused when they were calling him Dead Boy because I was like, well, they don't know he's dead yet. <laughs> so I was kind of confused. Okay. So anyway, we see him use the key and the race begins. Deacon and the guy he's racing against, Chang, yes. both tell Mikey that he'll never win driving this hunk of junk car. But again, every memory he has of his father, the faster the car is able to go. He wins and they again accuse him of cheating. But they give him the keys, and Mikey tells Deacon that he's next. So Ryan tells Jack and Mickey about how the car actually glowed. So I noticed his eyes getting red, and there was like a little glowy thing around the key, which I just kind of thought was an effect for us to see it. I didn't think it made the car glow. I didn't think he would see it. I didn't notice the car glowing too much. I did notice the key Yeah, had a glow to it, I guess, uh, or shine, or whatever you want to call it. And his eyes would glow red at uh, certain points. Jack shows Ryan a receipt he found for a silver chain that was for Mikey's birthday. There was no charge, so Lewis must have given it to him. It was his 16th birthday, so Mickey wonders um, why it took him five years to start using it, which I don't think we ever got an answer for, except that his mother died the year before. Well, now that I think about it, maybe he got the key and the chain when he was 16, but he couldn't use it because he didn't have a car. And he wasn't allowed to have a car, but when his mother died, and I guess now that he's an adult, he was able to buy the car. So I think he knew what it could do, but he just didn't have a car to use it with. Right, okay. Is what I'm guessing. I don't know. It was unbelievable. The car Mike was driving actually glowed. Maybe he has got something special helping him. What'd you guys find out last night? Uh, This. I don't know how he connects them. One silver chain. Birthday gift from Mike. No charge. 
1983, Mike would have been what? He was 16, but if he's using it, I don't know, he waited five years for some reason. Well, my, one of his friends told me he didn't get a car until last year. I don't get it. What does the silver chain have to do with hit and runs? I think that's the next thing that we go after. Mickey and Ryan are going to go back to the drive-in and talk to the kids again that night. But over at the garage, the last driver, Chang, breaks in. And when Mikey catches him, looking under the hood, he tells him that he only came because Deacon wanted to talk to him. So Deacon shows up and he says he's building something special and he wants Mikey to join his crew. But all Mikey wants to do is race him and beat him. So he's holding his father's nonsense against the wrong person. And I think Deacon kind of knows it because he says, I have nothing against you. Yeah. So before they leave, the other driver says he wants his car back. And we see another flashback to Mikey's father giving him the blank key and berating him. So Dominic comes back to the store to return the gift he bought Mikey. Jack mentions that Ryan went to see Mikey race the night before and that he's heard that he's very good. He also mentions that Lewis gave Mikey a silver chain for his birthday and they'd very much like to buy it back. But Dominic says he'll never let them buy it back from him. He tells Jack that Mikey wears the chain to spite him because it holds the key he gave him. But he won't tell Jack anymore about the key and leaves. You won't get that chain back from him. He wears it despite me. He wears a key that I... Key? What key? Dominic, tell me about the key. Maybe I can help. How are you going to help? I done all I could. The kid is bad and that's that. Jack thinks Lewis probably knew what the key meant to Mikey and therefore made a curse to go with it. But we were right about that silver chain. Mike is wearing it along with some kind of key. What's that got to do with the chain? Well, you know, people wear things around their necks that they value, things like lockets, religious medals. Wait a second, you're saying that the key means something special to Mike? Well, yes, but I think that only Lewis knew what it was. Then Mickey and Ryan question some other kids and find out that one of their friends was killed in a hit and run, and Mikey was driving the dead kid's car. But he, he won it from him, so that's not really as odd as they're making that out to be. He won the car from him. Okay. Right? Right. Dead boy or whatever the heck his name mm-hmm. was. He won the car, so there's no reason why they would think it's odd that he'd be driving it. But they're all saying, oh, he's driving the dead guy's car. Yeah, because he won it. He could drive his car or dead guy's car, whatever he right. wants, because it's both his car. Right. So I don't know why everybody's <laughs> thinking that's so suspicious, because he won the car. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Mickey and Ryan go to the garage and see Mikey drive out. They shut off their headlights and follow him. But as I mentioned when we were watching this, it looks like they left the parking lights on. So what's the point? Actually, I think that makes it more obvious. Why is this car behind me with parking lights on? Right, right. Maybe I should stop and say something. (laughs) It would be less obvious with the headlights on. Right. So they finally have to put their full lights on so they could see. 
That also means they have to hang back so he doesn't see him. So Mikey meets the driver of the last car, Chang. Mikey asks where the money is, and Chang gives him a, an envelope. So I have to imagine this conversation took place off camera. This kid was asked to meet Mikey and bring money, and we never saw any of this. I don't know if he's making him buy the car back, or he thinks he's buying the car back. He shows Mikey the money, and Mikey tells him to wait there, and he turns the car around and runs over the guy. And then he puts the guy into the white car and drives away. Now, I didn't see him touch him with the key, did you? He just picked him up and put him in his car. Did he do it later? Did he put it in his mouth? That was Dead Boy. Right. Okay, the motorcycle guy took it was rubbed on his cheek. The Dead Boy was in his mouth. Right. So, okay. So I don't recall. So it just seemed like he picked him up and threw him in the white car, and he left the car he was driving there and took the white car with this kid in it. So Mickey sees him go by in the white car, and she turns around and follows. Mikey notices them following, and in an effort to lose him, he speeds up, he hits a bump in the road, and drives through a guardrail and off the side of the road screaming. When Mickey and Ryan get to him, he's bleeding, and the key searches out the blood on his chest. They see the key begin to glow. I thought they saw the key begin to glow. We saw the key begin to glow, because they were standing there staring at him like, oh, what's happening? But then at the hospital, they told Jack they didn't know where the key was, and they were going to go look for it. So I don't know what the shocked look was <laughs> for. There's a lot to the imagination in this episode. you got to try to figure things out. In the next scene, we're at the hospital, and we don't know what Mickey and Ryan saw or didn't, like I just said. And I don't think they saw the key go into his body because they don't seem to know where the key is when Jack asks. Mikey just came out of surgery, and the nurse takes his father to see him. So Mickey and Ryan tell Jack what happens. They believe the other guy was killed in the crash, and they don't realize that he was already dead. So Mickey and Ryan are about to go look for the chain because apparently they didn't see it go into his chest. When the doctor comes out and tells them that there is a chain and a key wrapped around his heart. I saw you laughing at that part. When well, I, I wasn't laughing at that <laughs> so much as they're leaving the hospital. Right. And she turns around, oh, doctor. And the doctor comes out and gives these non-family right. members <laughs> all this information. Right. <laughs> I thought that was a little bit funny and odd, but uh, it's TV. Go ahead. So the chains and the keys wrapped around his heart in some way, and he can't move it right now or he'll die. So he says he just really just has to watch and see what happens. So Mikey's father is allowed to go in and see his son, and he's regretful at the way he treated him as a kid, but he says he always worried about him. I always knew something like this would happen. Kids were always getting hurt when I drove. Maybe I never treated you right as a kid, Mikey. But I was always worried about you. Just like I'm worried now. Out in the hall, Mickey, Ryan, and Jack try to figure out what to, what they can do since this key is now in the, in his body. But I think one thing is certain, that that car key and that chain helped him to win those races. Yeah, but he had to kill somebody to do it. Well, yes. But that, that kid was probably dead before the accident. Another hit and run. Gotta find that car. Wait a minute, Jack. Jack, Mickey, this, this may not be as bad as we think. We can't get the key back, but maybe he can't use it either. Well, I don't know, Ryan. That key's more in his possession now than ever, isn't it? So Jack is sure that the key and the chain helped Mikey win the races, and Ryan believes that he had to kill someone before a win. So Ryan hopes that if the chain and the key are in his chest, then he won't be able to use it, you know, because they're worried about not being able to get it back, but Jack is not sure that it would work out that way. Mikey wakes up and his eyes turn red and it seems like he's connected to the car he left out on the road. He starts flailing around his bed and his father just sits there like, he just sits there watching him jump around with red eyes. Yep. Like, doesn't react at all. No. So then I kind of start thinking that his father was involved in this. 
You can, I can see how you can make that assumption. Because he had zero reaction. But then we see the car driving itself, but we don't know where it's going. Mickey and Ryan spend weeks, because it's three weeks later, looking for the car, but can't find it anywhere. Jack finds out that Mikey was released from the hospital, so he thinks that they may be too late in finding the car. So Ryan goes back to the drive-in to look for Mikey, and Mickey goes to the garage. Now, they know this kid has killed at least two people, so why is anyone going anywhere? He might be alone. Mikey shows up to challenge Deacon to a race. Deacon doesn't really understand how Mikey thinks he's been holding him down because he doesn't know that his father used him as an example. I mean, he knows what his father's like, but he himself never had anything against Mikey. Finally, Deacon agrees to race him. They're going to meet in a couple hours. Before Mikey can get back to his car, Ryan shows up and tells him that he knows about the key. So you can keep winning races. What, what does it prove? I guess I just ain't the guy my father thought I was. What are you trying to say? A real caring, highly evolved man. I said I was nothing till I won a race. No, Mike. Mike, no. Look, I didn't get along with my father either. But you can't go looking for revenge. It doesn't work. It's going to work this time, though. It's going to work real good. He tells Ryan that his father told him that he was nothing until he won a race. Ryan tries to tell him that revenge doesn't work, but Mikey says that it'll work fine this time. So now, right here, I thought that he was going to kill his father to win the race. Because I didn't know how the key would work. Now that it's inside him, does he still have to kill somebody and touch the blood? Did he ever touch the key to the blood on the guy, Chang? 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 Chang, I think. Because they didn't show us. And if so, does that kill still count so he can win against Deacon? So I thought he was going to kill his father. Even though he doesn't have the key to touch blood, he was going to have to still touch people's blood. Even though the key's inside him. Okay, that's reasonable. Because they don't explain. So, Mikey leaves, and we go to Mickey sneaking around the garage, and of course Mikey drives in. She asks him what the car they've been looking for is doing there. He laughs, his eyes glow, and the car starts up by itself. Mikey backs out, and the other car chases Mickey, and his father sees all of what's going on. Ryan drives by and picks her up, and Mikey goes back to the garage and sees his father there. Good thing Ryan just happened to be driving by. His father tries to get him to tell him how he did that, but he won't. He does tell him that he wants to make his father feel like he felt as a kid. Then, right here, we get a clip of Uncle Lewis giving him the chain and putting a key on it. And, of course, laughing, as Uncle Lewis always does, and I'm tired of him. Even though it's a flashback, I'm still tired of him. So he leaves his father when the empty car pulls up and he gets in. Jack, Mickey, and Ryan try to figure out what drives Mikey when Dominic comes in. Because they still don't know how the key works and what drives the key. He tells them how he treated Mikey. How he thought he was toughening him up by telling him all the other kids were better than him. And he always held Deacon up to him as an example. Which I can see some parents are like that, but that's not all of it. Because if he was telling them that stuff to toughen him up, then why was he screaming at the mother? So I think that's nonsense. He's just abusive. He's just trying to give himself more power by showing his son is not as pop- he's not as strong as he is. Yeah. So any way that he can knock somebody down with through a friend or his wife or anybody, yeah. he's gonna say, My my son is, is amounting to nothing 
and he'll never he'll never amount to anything. So, just another chance to put him down. Right, because I mean, for a minute there, you could feel sorry for him, but then when you think about it, because there are parents who think they're toughening their kids up by treating them that way. Oh um, sure. And he did say something about all the people that got hurt when he was driving, and it almost sounded like he didn't want his son to drive, which I guess would make sense, but it doesn't really make sense. He really doesn't want his son to succeed in any way, shape, or form because he's been right about him my whole life. You're not going to amount to anything. So he, in his mind, he thinks right, he's right. right. And so if he wins a race, that uh, kind of negates everything that he's been talking about for the last 20 years. Right, so, in Mikey's mind. Right. right. In, if, if Mikey wins a race, it's going to negate the father's negative thoughts for the last how many years so yeah i'm i'm just kind of confused about the father well he's just an abusive person that's not doesn't offer much encouragement no no encouragement at all yeah but the thing is when he was in the hospital talking to him he said he always worried about him getting hurt and he said i remember how many people got hurt when i drove and it sounded like he really never wanted his son to drive and maybe that's why he was behaving the way he did he wouldn't give him a car but it kind of almost made him want to drive more because you know how kids are. Sure. Yeah. That's what it kind of seemed like. In his own way, it seemed like this guy thought he was keeping his son from driving, but that didn't work. And he just made his son feel like he was worthless. Right. Because when people keep putting you down like that, they don't want you to succeed because they are not, you are not going to succeed. I can tell you that already. Don't try to. And now you want to try harder to succeed. Now that he's kind of looks like he might succeed, father's not too happy. Yeah, see, that's why I'm confused. Because I kind of believe that he was trying to toughen him up. Some fathers just think that's the way you do things, and it's not. And then, in another way, I don't think he wanted him to drive. Because he worried about him getting hurt. Except that's not the way to go about showing your kid you're worried about him. By pushing him into driving. Which is what he did, whether he meant to or not. I don't know. I don't know. You know, because if I, it wasn't that, it would have been something else. If it wasn't driving, it would have been something else that he wanted. The kid wanted to prove to his father that I am something. I'm going to win. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, because of the way his father dealt with him, like he said, he was trying to toughen him up. You know, and that never works. That's how you brought up. Right, but a lot of fathers say they're just trying to toughen up their kids so they they can take anything in life, but. That backfires. That backfires everywhere. I've seen it at workplaces. Yeah. The boss is just abusive to everybody, thinking that's going to make them better because, uh, you know, I'm putting you down. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You've right. got to be, you got to do this better. Well, what confidence do you have in yourself and what incentive right. do you have to do better? Because right. this is going to find something wrong. So, right. uh, so it's not only here in this episode. It's in, in life and workplace in general. Right. I gave him that blank car key. He brought it right over here to Lewis. Lewis showed him how to use it. Nah, Lewis only helped. I was the one who turned him into who he is. He tells Jack that he gave him the car key when he was 16. And Jack says that Lewis then must have shown him how to use it. But Dominic realizes that Lewis only helped Mikey. And he, Dominic, was the one who made him like he is. And Lewis is the one who gave him the cursed key or chain or something, but... Dominic realizes now that even though Lewis is the one who gave him the cursed antique, that Dominic was the one who made him like he is. Because Jack's blaming Lewis, because he always blames Lewis. Because, you know, he cursed everything. But Dominic realizes that it, it's his fault, finally. 
So the race begins, and we're seeing more flashbacks of the baseball game. But when Dominic comes driving into the middle of the race, Mickey and Ryan yell and try to stop him because they know what he's going to do. But he drives his truck right into Mikey's car, and they both burst into flames. So he knew this was all his fault, like we said. He even was replaying the conversation in his head as he was driving, saying, I'm the one who made him like he is. So he knew it was all his fault, and he knew the only way he could stop Mikey was to kill him and himself in the process. So back at the store, we find out that Mickey and Ryan were able to find the key in the ashes and are putting it in the vault. So there's no vampires, no werewolves, and just a glimpse of Uncle Louis in a flashback. The Antique of the Week is a silver chain with a blank car key that magically upgrades its owner's car after it's dipped in the blood of a run-over victim and gives them telepathic control over their car after it wraps itself around their heart. I didn't find any warehouse connections in this episode. There was a key in a warehouse episode, but it made the person touching it look like a monster to those around him and were oftentimes killed by the people because they thought they were being attacked by a monster. So other than that, I had no warehouse connections. So what did you think of this episode? You're asking the wrong person. I think it's fine. It's, it always leaves something to the imagination. you got to try to figure things out because some things don't make sense. So, um, But that's television. So a couple of things that I noticed, if you want people are going to go back and watch this. At one point, there is a sign. It's a big sign. It says, Arrive Alive, Drive 55. So back then, you had to drive 55. That was the nationwide speed limit. So some of the younger people, if they are listening to this, that is what is that is about. That's it. Okay. I didn't see the sign either. Um, it's a big sign. But that's okay. what it's about. Arrive Alive, Drive 55. Well, some places still are 55, right? Some do. Yeah. But that was the maximum anywhere. In the country for, I don't know, 10 years? A long time, yeah. It's quite a while. Yeah. I'm done. Okay. All right. So we'll be back next week. See you then. Bye now. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to the 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at The Warehouse.